Oh, we're on. We're on. We're back. Oh my gosh. Somebody hit the poker flute and brought us out of our slumber. It's been a long, long, cozy January, but we're finally back. The wrestling podcast that's Liam and Gareth, W R S T L I N G. It's all the graps without the E, but of course, me and G, we're not anti. We're simply pro wrestling. This is Liam. This is Gareth. Hey. Hello, friends. Long time no see. Oh, man. I would like to say I feel well rested, but I have a young daughter, so we all know that's not yes. true. How are you feeling though, G? Are you well rested? Yeah, no. January has been a, a bit of a ride. <laughs> Getting back from US, from New Orleans early in January, and then starting a new job, hitting the ground running with that. It's just been all systems go. So I'm finally just about sort of settling back into things now we're into February. And and what better way to start our program of podcasts for the new year of 2023 than to talk about 2022? Um, so obviously, the uh, favorite matches of last year episode would probably have landed a bit uh, more comfortably earlier in the year, but we are where we are. And we felt like it was one that you guys might be interested in anyway, because everybody likes the list, right? So we're going to start off here and we're going to go, actually, I should say we've got a ton of fun stuff booked for the next couple of months, some really interesting interviews. So I hope you're ready and willing to saddle up and ride with us once again. We've got yeah. lots of fun stuff coming your way. We've not just been twiddling our thumbs for the entire month of January. No. There, has, there has been like <laughs> podcast related stuff going on in the background, but just scheduling wise and getting everything watched and sat down, it's been a challenge. There we go. So anyway, let's jump into this bad boy so we are looking at our favorite matches of last year an important distinction to make is not the matches that we think are the best whatever that may mean we're literally talking about the ones that really spoke to us the ones we as we reflected on 2022 thought yeah that one that one really stood out for me um yeah, absolutely you know it's just our favorite matches so no uh it's completely subjective like yeah. it's very much i think if any two other wrestling fans sat down to make their list it would probably look this list it would probably look completely different yeah 100%. this is just it really is just our tastes distilled down into 15 matches yeah 100 percent. it's not it's not star ratings it's not star hatings it's just our thing also i should say as well big shout out to our man gary who sent across his very well kept spreadsheet of matches from last year. That was a useful document as well, just to have a peruse. <laughs> and so, yeah, thanks, Gary. What really a guy. I think we need to uh, take a page out of Gary's book and uh, just to make life a little bit easier come uh, December 2023. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I actually, I think I spent the majority of December and most of January writing some form of list, be it for Inside the Roots magazine or through the podcast, or for websites. It's just been list, 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 list. So, Listomania. Listomania, for a listless individual like I. So anyway, let's roll into this, man. So we're doing the top 15, and we're going to start off in Gatto Move at the Phoenix Rises show, uh, which went down on the 15th of September. And it was the main event, Mesa Ruga versus Unit Mizumori. Yeah, so a, a very suitable main event for a Gato Move anniversary show. May is just the shining light of uh, of Gato Move and the, and the trainees that Emmy's produced there in uh, recent years, for sure. Yeah, man, 100%. And when I was reflecting on this and, and the other lists uh, as it goes, I couldn't help but think what a, an incredible 2022 May actually had. Oh, yes. 
body of work wise and in terms of developing her brand internationally mm. doing bits in mexico in the u.s and of course in in japan but for other promotions you know really spreading her wings mm. so and i expect that to continue this year i suspect so i think you know she's going to be that next person from japan that i think you know the broader wrestling fandom are going to be sort of talking about you know like it's Keshta. well you know uh, this is the way it goes with this podcast my friend <laughs> Listen, folks, snigger all you want. We're 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 rarely wrong, but we're often early. And as I understand it, two two of our favourites may or may not have uh, picked up their first respective wins in quite a prominent promotion in the US. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's aired yet. So check it out. You probably know what I'm talking about. I do, I do, and I think yeah, I think everybody listening probably does as well. If uh... <laughs> if you don't, just tweet us and we'll tell yeah, you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I listen. I love this match. This could have been number one for me. I just thought it was a wonderful, oh, yeah. wonderful match. What I particularly liked was the slickness of it. Like there was clearly, I think sometimes with wrestlers that have trained or developed together things can become too slick you know it almost it feels too cooperative and sort of snaps you out of it a little Mm. bit only rarely but sometimes but this wasn't the case here it was just very smooth it just worked really well and there were some wonderful reversals and transitions particularly towards the end of the match um and the other thing that I really liked about this was that Yuna is obviously the stronger competitor out of the two but yet May was the the villain here and felt like the more threatening of the two you yeah know, Yuna was the underdog and that was a fun dynamic as well yeah, it is an unusual dynamic for sure worked perfectly so yeah a very worthy uh placement on the list big ups to may and Yuna who both had wonderful uh 2022s yeah. and uh we will see may again a little bit later wishing you know Yuna all the best for 2023 you know she's taken Flight from Gato Move. Yeah, really interested to see exactly what 2023 brings for her. Well, did you see that she's in the um, Cinderella tournament this year? I didn't. I hadn't seen that. That's yeah, fantastic. Man. Isn't that crazy? She's I missed that. That one. That. Oh, wonderful news. Yeah, I'm really into that. I think it's going to be a huge year for her as well. Anyway, what have we got at number 14, my friend? We have got Alex Windsor versus Shoko Nakajima from uh, Eve's Global Women's Strike 3 from the 23rd of April of 2022. This was the the one match on the list that we're in attendance for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I remember when we did this, was it last year, the year before we we had a live match, you know, which was the Karanoa Chris Brooks match from the Progress show we attended yeah. before the world went to hell. Um <laughs> And there is something about enjoying a real banger live. And I, I think I was keen for this yeah. to be reflected on this list. Absolutely. You know, Shoko is always just so fun to watch. And Alex Windsor has just become, I think, easily the best women's wrestler on these shores mm. working today. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, th- I think you'd so. be hard pressed to argue with that. Yeah, I would say so. It's a real bummer about her injury. I yeah, she she's... Did surgery again not had a lot of luck on that front so you know wishing her a speedy recovery but yeah this match just absolutely killed it it was a ton of fun the tjpw sort of loose partnership with eve the we've had sort of yamashita and hyper mazao come in as well and no. yeah yeah karina as well you know so th- there's just been a great back and forth there and also you know a number of eve wrestlers going over to tj as well 
And I think, yeah, this is the, for me, of all the talent sharing going on between the two promotions, this has been, I think, my favourite match of of those. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's the, the story that I probably most enjoy from Shoko, who, despite being a kaiju, she's, I feel like she is better when she's wrestling a bigger opponent mm. than even yeah an even bigger kaiju is that what's she's the, she the just like verbiage for that <laughs> she just plays i think a really good works from underneath you know like the underdog yeah. in a match um yeah. she's just a very sympathetic baby face yeah she's got a lot of the this is a, a pretty crude analogy but a lot of the ray mysterio about her mm. in that you know she does well with opponents that provide a larger base and things like that and i think she expresses herself more so in those matches, arguably, than in the ones where she's against an opponent of a similar frame. Um, but that's that's just one man's opinion. But yeah, I love this match live. We were talking about it all the way home, so it felt like it needed to be on the yeah, list. It's it stuck with us. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'd love to see uh, these two get an opportunity to run it back at yes. some point in 2023. 100%. Okay, number 13, uh, we're going to Gleet. We're talking about the G-Rex title match between El Linderman and Shigehiro Iri Beast Mode on from the 18th of May. First off, can I just say, and I think I've said this many times, but just to make the point, there is no better name for a championship in the world <laughs> than the G-Rex title. I <laughs> love that with all my heart. It's just the best i think i i need to win that yeah you should you should why have i never called you g-rex <laughs> new nickname unlocks bro we're there yeah, there you go there he is oh g-rex uh, i love it El lindeman the jack little freak yeah that he is i love him i really miss sort of seeing him sort of i hadn't really watched any glates they just kind of fallen off oh is that how you say it? is it glates yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've, always, I've always said it's gleep for some reason. Yeah, me too. Like yeah, that's that's like, how I would read it. Me. And so I kind of missed him, but not enough where I'd kind of before this had gone out of my way to watch Glates. And I'm so glad I did because this is where I started. I, I heard all the hype. I really like Iri as well. Like, you know, he's yeah. been on these shores quite a lot and just he's heaps of fun to watch as well so yes. i kind of made a point of checking out this match and my god did it not disappoint they knocked absolute lumps out of each other yeah man it, it's so cool as well because they're yes Lindemann is the jack little freak but in many ways they're, they're not dissimilar in no. terms of stature so it's just these two guys that were just like little balls running at each other it was crazy and yeah i, I thoroughly enjoyed this one and you know, shout out to the best of Super Junior tournament because that kind of was a bit of a poke in the ribs. Like, hey, Liam, you really like Lindemann. Yeah. You should go yeah, and yeah. seek out his stuff. That was it. That was it. <laughs> I'd almost forgotten. I, I was sleeping. And, you know, I went back and watched. He had a, a, an absolute banger with T-Hawk as well. I forget when that was exactly. But yeah, loads of good stuff. So I'm going to be tuning into Glate, excuse me, Glate more often as a result of this. I think we should try and cover it on the podcast. Yeah, I would more. really like to. I think their next big show, let's make a point of um, discussing that wholesale on oh, the yeah. pod. Yeah, bro. Okay, let's do it. But yeah, so that one is available for free on YouTube if anybody wants to go out of their way and, and watch that one as well. Yeah. Same for, speaking of which, the May and Yuna match number 15 is is also on YouTube. So um, I think possibly once the episode comes out, I'll do my best to curate a little list of links to any of these matches that people can watch for, for free. Maybe we could put a playlist on the um on our YouTube page. Yeah, that's that a feasible? great shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
you can also we should say as well you can get the alex windsor shoko nakajima match on the eve uh subscription youtube channel you just gotta pay a little bit for that one that's all yeah okay number 12 uh we're going high speed we're in stardom the cinderella tournament final from the 29th of april and i loved this match i loved it when it happened i loved it even more on the rewatch actually it was azumi versus may saruga this is kind of may's big biggest match to date in stardom one could argue and i thoroughly enjoyed this because it was just so different like there was so much cool high speed stuff the sort of uh quickness the slick reversals the transitions all that stuff that really makes high speed mm. stand out mm. and feel like the future of wrestling yeah but with added mace Ruka. yeah <laughs> so you know he had all the kind of character quirks that maybe aren't there or aren't as present in other high speed matches um she brought that in you know with gusto and I, yeah i so love gave, gave azumi like a different match a different match a different look you know and i think as well the way that she brought the crowd into it too it added a different dimension you can just see that kind of gutter move chocker pro influence but just how it interacts with the more work rate orientated world of stardom and it interacts very well it you know as we're seeing with yuna as well um i think it's a good primer for something like a stardom which is more you know uh, beats per minute as opposed to uh, samples and you know they i think when you see these wrestlers that come from choco pro that have this emphasis on entertainment humor that kind of thing even teach to an extent um it really just breaks the wall in stardom because stardom is i think generally speaking a more serious promotion mm. um and i think you wouldn't necessarily want it all the time but on certain occasions it is a bit of a tonic and a bit uh, of levity does yeah. does the trick and you know that's not to say that this was a comedy match by any stretch of the imagination it certainly wasn't there was some great great work in there um but yeah i just thought this was a really wonderful different um take on the on the high speed format hell yeah right where are we going next, my friend? Number so, 11. Number 11. So this, I think this one was less of a incredible sort of bell-to-bell match uh, from like a work rate standpoint, but was just very character and story-driven and right. very emotional. It was the uh, eight-man tag, the Suzuki Goon uh, finale from uh, Road to Tokyo Dome, the 23rd of December of last year. Mm. Yeah, this just really was a kind of number of emotional beats to it. This one made the list because this is a big part of what wrestling is as well. It's these, it's an amazing way to tell sort of long-term emotional payoffs to, to sort of stories. So, you know, these guys putting down Suzuki at the end of the match, the lovely post-match comments as well yeah it was just a really interesting piece of wrestling obviously sad that suzuki goon had to come to an end um for one reason or another but you know what a way to sort of cap off the sort of 11 year run of you know one of the well arguably like my favorite faction in uh new japan yeah, it was, it was very much a series finale, wasn't it? Which yeah. Was, um, it's rare in wrestling, oddly. So, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, yeah. so because for me, like a lot of the matches that I submitted for the list and like helping put it together are the ones that, yes, they were 
good to watch from a in-ring standpoint, you know, enjoyable, but also had a real emotional component to them. And yeah, this was very much uh, the case here. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Um, okay, from that to what something that was much more along the work rate lines, um, but still in New Japan, was the uh, quarterfinal of the New Japan Cup between Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay on the 21st of March. I mean, these two have a storied history, yeah. lots of big matches together. And what I like about them is they do seem to add a new wrinkle every time it's an mm. ongoing tale. You know, there's there's a war going on and these are all the battles within it. And, you know, for this one, ZSJ had the answers and it was just, a, it was just violent, you know? Mm. It was a violent match, um, not in a death match style, but just in... The stiffness, blood, it just felt a bit bit snug. And mm. yeah, it was something a bit different from these two. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd be very, very happy for them to meet every New Japan Cup <laughs> as part of this story. But yeah, yeah, uh, for me, this was one of the standout matches from New Japan last yeah. year. It's just it's just wild that, you know, they continue to evolve having, you know, matches working each other on and off for what has got to be the better part of a decade at this point. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, no, so it's a credit to them. OK, doing something totally different now. This is spot number nine. From Deadlock Pro Wrestling, this is from the ninth uh, episode of Fire. And again, this one's on YouTube, I think, for free. It is, yeah. Uh, 20th of May, this went down. This is Adam Brooks versus Konosuke Takeshita. And this is very much in the same mold as last year's entry from Alex Shelley and Ruby Soho. This is the sort of small but perfectly formed category. I am a big, big believer that wrestling matches do not need to go 30 minutes to be of you know top quality they yeah. don't need to be they don't need to be epics to be memorable and this was just i think so neatly formed into i think it was less than 10 minutes yeah everything was great it was a it was a really fun sprint of a match oh absolutely you know, brooksy kind of fighting from underneath really um despite being the ace of australia is in there with the ace of japan and it's it was hard work <laughs> for him but he it was know, it, it was great it was a really nice tale and you know Takeshita just was in that well i mean he's, he's still in it but you know an in- incredible streak you know in the sort of spring summer in the u.s so those kind of matches he was doing in on the u.s indie scene and this for me was probably the pick of them, but I I just love a match that just runs wild. Oh, absolutely! Or a short, you know, burns hot and then it's gone. And that, th- yeah, that's what this was for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed. This you know, match. it's interesting now that like kind of a main event match going sub ten minutes is like a massive exception. Um, you know, and I just love to see it here. It was like a really nice surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, it just proof that. Uh, length does not equal quality. Yeah, it's true. And you know, when the best fight the best, it it tends to go one of two ways. They either cancel each other out and it takes a while, or they or, or what you know, or they throw everything at each other and somebody gets blown out quite quickly. And I guess that's kind of the the latter kind of applies here. But it was excellent. It was a really good match. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, so, you know, keep your eyes on uh, DPW. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, they're doing some good stuff, really good stuff there, and this is just uh, a perfect example of that. 
heading back to the UK, um, there was a match in progress in October, October 15th, as it happens, Return of the Fly. It was Chris Brooks's return to progress, and he went up against old pal Kid Lycos in uh, sort of an anything goes yeah, kind of Yeah, absolutely war. wild, no DQ match. Oh, my Lord. You know, I thought these guys were friends. <laughs> <laughs> but this is it, isn't it? You know, when you're friends with somebody or when you know somebody well, you probably go further with them than you yeah. do with somebody else. Yeah. There's that weird dynamic that happens in friendships, close friendships. And when, when you see that play out in pro wrestling, mm. this is the net result. You yeah. Know? This was they, a, this is another case. This is another case of like I think a really good match, but probably wouldn't have made the list without that emotional uh sort of thing that it, the part that it hinges on you know that relationship between brooks and and like us the you know the all the underlying history the everything all the all the baggage that this match brings with it uh from the last you know six seven years um to get to this point um you know and it sort of played out in a really fun well, not well, not fun for either men in the in the match, <laughs> but a really fun to watch way. Yeah, one hundred percent. Also, I should say as well, uh, there is something about masks getting damaged or you know or outright removed. Mm. There's something about that that it's very visceral. Yeah, it feels powerful. We've spoken about it before with the um, Desperado Hiromo match from a couple of years ago. There's something about that, and that kind of came into play here. But yeah, seek it out if you haven't. It's probably one of the lesser-known ones on the list. But yeah, do seek it out if you get a chance. Yeah, but yeah, I think it really spoke to both of us. CCK as a unit were very uh, an instrumental part of us enjoying British wrestling in years gone by, um, mm-hmm. you know, and remain big fans of both men. 100%. Um, and well well worth going out of your way to, to watch if you've enjoyed sort of Brooks like our cck at all over the the last few years 100 and then moving on up to number seven uh was the ghc title match from noah from the grand ship in nagoya 25th of september 2022 uh it was uh defending against none other than Kaito kiyomiya the forever rivalry yeah that's that's a big part of why this was made the list for me just it yeah. was another really exciting chapter in this uh, ongoing rivalry between the two competitors. Yeah. It's been I think two years since Kimia had been GHC champion and he's undergone sort of quite a sort of change, um, has evolved. Oh yeah. You know, his music's changed, his sort of look has changed, he's added some new weapons to his arsenal. He's been on a journey, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, a real know? journey. And thanks to that, he was able to topple Keno and uh, reclaim the top crown in Noah. Yeah, it's it's a really great, great summary. I, I completely agree. It's not unlike the Osprey-Zack Sabre Jr. rivalry, which we were talking about earlier. Mm. It's interesting to see these individual chapters and how they evolve. And I think this one was particularly interesting because of the individual journeys of both men going yes. into this as well. But I mean, ultimately, to see Kaito uh, overcome, I think, is one of the feel-good moments of the year, really. Yeah, absolutely. That, that one had been coming, but it never felt like it was promised. You know, no. that could have 
that could have been taken away. Yeah, it that that wasn't that was a match where it felt like it could have easily gone either way. They could have pulled the rug out from Kaito at the last moment there, you know, he slips on the banana peel or you yeah. know, any number of things to kind of keep the title on Keno. And I would have been probably sort of just because I love Keno and you know would love for him to have had a longer title reign there. Yeah. But yeah. it did sort of um sort of serve the Kaito's story well for him to sort of finally get back to the top of the mountain here after all this time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, up next at number six, we are back in stardom and back in the high speed division. Uh, This is Starlight Kid versus Azumi from Stardom Cinderella Journey in uh, Nagoka, uh, 23rd of February 2022. This one was. So this was the one where Azumi won the belt. Yeah, uh, we did actually have to confer prior to recording because we both uh, submitted a Starlight Kid versus Azumi match. I was like, we are talking about the same one, aren't we? Because yeah, the yeah. other one was very good as well. Yeah. Um, but again, we both plumbed for this one. Again, I think the the reason this one made it for me is just you know it's again uh, another chapter between these two. Um, it was Azumi uh, versus Starlight Kid, which was my introduction to stardom uh yeah you know not necessarily the first match i saw from stardom but the first one that really knocked my socks off and this is just a continuation of of that i think both of them continue to get so good i think the heel turn for starlight kid has sort of done wonders for her her reign with the high speed titles of a bit of a death grip on it and uh you know azumi finally sort of overcoming and uh, taking the belt was just, yeah, a real, a real highlight of 2022 for me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and I think, do you know, I th- we could probably spend the whole episode talking about the high-speed division, but also more specifically about Azumi. So I yeah. think Azumi is a truly spectacular professional wrestler. Mm, and but only, only 19, I believe. So unbelievably young. But interestingly, the thing that I was thinking of in the aftermath of rewatching this was that with starlight kid who's also very very young Mm. we've already seen her her first evolution if you like going from starlight kid the baby face to what we see now the sort of darker oedo tai version and i was wondering i wonder what that what comes out the other end of the chrysalis for for azumi what do we see you know what do we see emerge from when she finally kind of evolves and mm. there has been a gradual evolution but nothing as stark as this you know can azumi play uh a real heelish character mm. you know a, a bit more of a um become a bit more of a character wrestler yeah or you know or is she gonna be kind of defined by work right and so on and so forth i think it's really interesting yeah so and time will tell on that front we'll be interested yeah. to see uh what 2023 has in stock for azumi yeah, we should chop it up on, on that one at some point. Um, right, number five. Here's where we get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is El Desperado versus Junkasai from Takataichi Despimania, which, <laughs> man alive, they got to keep adding names, haven't they? they just got to keep going. Yeah. Um, uh, this was on the 12th of September. This is a this is a really interesting one. This match kind of went viral. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily known about it had it not because i've not been really dialed into these sort of siloed shows that taka and tai chi and the guys are are doing but i'm really glad that it did because this is 
this is different. It's very mm. unique. It's very, it's quite special. It was, so it's Junkasai. It's, it's a deathmatch kind of scenario. And there is a huge amount of reverence, um, particularly from Despi's side with regards to Junkasai. Um, this is a, a pilgrimage of sorts, I think, <laughs> for El Desperado. <laughs> and it just gets brutal right from the off. We spoke earlier about how effective um, masks being mutilated can be, uh, let alone people. Um, and that was very much the case here. The mask got butchered right off the bat, and then the face followed. And it, But it was, it was an incredible, visceral bloody story you know that i sometimes struggle with these kind of matches because mm-hmm. it doesn't i i don't feel the sense of theater or the uh, i find it hard to dig out the story from within the violence but here it was very clear yeah and that was that set it apart you know i did have to push through initially there was a there was a point where it got a bit i forget exactly what the spot was i mean there was some horrible stuff in here <laughs> yeah got the knife at one point but there is something went down and I thought, oh man, I need to look away. <laughs> mm. But actually, I pushed for it and it I'm really glad I did because it was incredibly compelling. It was gripping. It really was. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think just exciting seeing something um out of the ordinary from El Desperado. Not to say that he didn't sort of veer into this style of match on more than one occasion this year, along with mm. his match with uh, John Moxley. Yeah, that was one we talked about, wasn't it? And yeah, I just I really, really enjoyed this. Didn't see anything else quite like this all year. No, it's true. And I really, really enjoyed Junkasai. I must try to watch more of his stuff this year. And I guess that kind of involves having to <laughs> steal myself a little yes. bit to the, 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 the stickier end of the yeah. spectrum. Okay. But I thought he was really, really fun, really when it when he as soon as he starts moving he's very slick as well you mm. know he's not a slouch by any stretch of the imagination and one thing that i really enjoyed in this one is as it got towards the tail end of the match where despia kicked out quite a few kill shots or what should have been kill shots jinkasai started wrestling him started throwing kicks and stuff like that. And I thought, oh man, he's in trouble if he's having to resort to the wrestling. Yeah. Like you've got him, Despy. Yeah, if the weapons in his arsenal, <laughs> usual weapons in his arsenal won't do it. That's a terrifying man. Mm. Oh that that would be somebody I'd be very I'm sure he's safe as houses to work with, but I'd, I'd be terrified because you know if he doesn't care what his body looks like after a match, then I doubt he's gonna care about mine. So he's Gonna come out of this thing looking like I've been a walked for a car wash full of glass. But uh there we go. <laughs> Moving onwards and upwards to Tokyo Yoshi Pro. Yes. And we're in the Tokyo Princess Cup uh semi-final match on the 13th of August. This was me Mashta versus me Watanabe to form a podcast guest. How yes. about that? The thing I loved about this one, it was just such a coming out party for me Watanabe. Yeah. This yeah, is, sure thing. This is just where you couldn't not take her super seriously anymore. You know, she just kind of bared down and pushed through the horrible offense of Miyu Master and just wasn't going to be denied. Yeah, this is kind of what I think as a fan base 
collectively we've been wanting for a long time to see somebody push through that barrier and knock off one of the the holy trinity Mm. um and this was great she did it in emphatic fashion and you know i don't know that i'd view Mew as an underdog the next time you get these guys wrestle you know i think they she's got an equal chance of taking out your master now it really feels like she kind of solved the puzzle in this one which was really really entertaining to watch and in many ways 2022 was one big coming out party for Mew watanabe um punctuated by the, the the international pop title win um but Let's push it further, man. 2023. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really keen to kind of see what's going to come out of 2023 for her. Story of the match that I kind of really loved. And yeah, looking forward to just Miyu just smashing it some more this year. I tell you what, though, man. Miyu Mashta had bangers all over the shop last year. You know, incredible um, output for the calendar year. And I'm really intrigued to see what her 2023 looks like. I think she's going to be more internationally focused. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But I think that's on the cards. I could see another AEW stint, possibly a longer one, certainly more time in the US. Yeah, it does feel Europe like as well. her time with you know TJPW could be sort of winding down. Um, you know, she's kind of uh checking out all those all those different avenues and opportunities. Um, you know, and is less of a focus, seems to be less of a focus there currently. Yeah, I think regardless of what happens, that we do need to see the conclusion of the you know, Yamashita Makito series. Like, yes. Ito's got to get a win, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's got, she's got to. But there we go. Interesting times. All right, what have we got next, bro? Uh, number three, it is uh, from DDT, Who's Gonna Top 2022 show uh, from the 25th of September. It is the match that main evented the show, the KOD Open Weight title match. It is Higuchi versus Takeshita. Man, I mean, I think this would probably have made a lot of people's lists. Yeah. Takeshita in 2022 was just like the buzzword. You know, he mm-hmm. was the he was the theme, he was the mood of 2022 yeah. almost. Um, and it felt like he could do no wrong. But <laughs> quietly, Higuchi was doing a very similar thing but specifically in ddt you know he had an excellent year yeah did lots and lots of big things and this is a match that needed to happen at least from i think from both men's perspectives but certainly from Higuchi's, you know he needed that that win that sense of validation by yeah. knocking off the ace if you like mm. and uh the thing i liked about this is i think you can do torch passing matches where one guy wins or one girl wins and they just prove themselves to be better on the night. But what I think sets this and others like it apart is that to, to really solidify that sentiment, the person who's passing the torch needs to pose a question throughout the match. And that question needs to be answered by the end. And I feel like that's what happened here. You know, Higuchi didn't have it all his own way. It was a real struggle, a real back and forth. And, you know, just how do you over, overcome effectively a Super Saiyan, you know, who can, who, who's tall, who's athletic, who's strong, who's everything. He's got all yeah. of the card, you know, all of the scores on the top trump card. It's unfair. And he had to keep fighting his way 
spirit to come out on top. And eventually he did answer the question, solve the riddle. And as a result, felt like a very worthy um, heir apparent. Yeah, absolutely. He really put Take down in the end here. Yeah, 100%. It was emphatic. The only thing I would say, I just don't know about these headbutts, (laughs) man. Don't know about these headbutts. Yeah, I I could feel that one coming. I don't know. I'd love to know what everybody else thinks about this, because we've spoken about headbutts a few times. Is everybody else cool with it relaxed about it or does it make you guys wince i don't know i yeah, think I, I do worry for it for for the guys that and the girls doing it i watched this i re-watched this on the same week as dana white's slap fight came out and all of the sort of hullabaloo about that and i couldn't help but think you know you, how can you sort of damn one and not the other in many ways just this sort of blunt force trauma to the head it just in a wrestling ring, I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel... Mm. It feels avoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, and bloody slap league should be avoidable as well. I mean, mm. God, man alive. Anywho, um, <laughs> he says that. Did you see the clip last night of um, <laughs> Nakajima beating up um, Katoji in the um, in their press conference? No. Oh, mate. <laughs> it kind of nullif- nullifies the slap league argument. Yeah. Um, I forget who threw the first blow, but Katoji looked like a man he knew was about to die, and <laughs> he 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 got leveled. And as he was falling, he tried to throw another one. That's how kind oh, of geez. off he was. And man, you don't want to get into it with Nakajima. You just yeah. don't. No. He's a terrifying man. He is. He truly is. That's. I wonder if we'll see um him and Endo run it back this year. That feels yeah. like something that Unfinished needs business. to be resolved, doesn't mm. it? Um. Anyway, uh, okay, up to number two. Yeah. Does Ring of Honor still count within the wrestling universe? I think so. We'll, we'll take it until... It's still its own world. Apparently the tapings are starting soon. Did yeah, you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I did, I yeah, did. Should be cool. Look, man, I think we'll, we'll take it until people say we can't. And it doesn't begin with E, so we, I think we're good. This is the third installment of the FTR Briscoes series which um, was massive one of the big in-ring stories throughout 2022 was this series of matches between these two excellent tag teams and it culminated in the dog collar match I don't always love a dog collar match if I'm completely honest with you Mm. Um, I liked the one between CM Punk and MGF there's a one from ECW that escapes me that I remember liking but overall I, I always feel like this is a stipulation that's more of a hindrance than a help. Yeah, but it can be a bit of a weak gimmick. But it, it wasn't here. They smashed um, it here, yeah. They smashed it here, yeah, man. You know, this... two, two all-time great tag teams, at, you know, potentially at the height of their powers here. Yeah, yeah. And just an incredibly, you know, in the, with the benefit of hindsight, a very fitting moment for the Briscoes, you know, with what happened to Jay, unfortunately, that they arguably had the best match of their careers, at, you know, one of the highest gates, one of the most ordered Ring of Honor shows, you know, it was really yeah. the top of, you know, 20 years worth of work. I just got yeah. finished um, writing Jay Briscoe's obituary for Inside the Ropes for the next issue. So spent a lot of time having a, a think and a read about his career. And yeah, it's um it's interesting stuff and just yeah, deeply tragic, really. Um, so you know, thoughts and prayers go out to to his family and loved ones. Yeah, extremely, extremely sad, but 
sort of looking back on this this match, you know, I think definitely seen some sort of corners of the internet suggest that perhaps, you know, this wouldn't be held in such high regard without what had sort of happened. But you know, this really? was Yeah, but this was this was like right up there for me, you know. Anyway, like all th- all three matches were fantastic, and I do, oh yeah, I yeah. do think this was could have easily given the spot to any of the three matches, but this one again, just the most visceral, the sort of culmination of it. Yeah, it's, it's hard to hard to argue with it. And I think also it could arguably be the best dollar dog collar match of all time, mm. which adds credence. Where would you stack the three? I'd probably put this at the, you know, in terms of the three matches they yeah, had last year. I think this, this is, is probably the top. my favorite. I'd probably go with the first one as my second favorite, yeah. and then maybe the two out of three falls as the third. Like none of them were bad, yeah, of course they were excellent. Bad, but yeah, it's um, just it's just personal preference, it. isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's that would be my same. Um, that's how I'd stack them. Um, right, mate. The big reveal number one. <laughs> um, over to you. I'll let you do the honors. So it couldn't have come any later in 2022. Our favorite match of the year. Uh, it was from Dream Queendom. From Stardom, the World of Stardom title match, uh, the collision that had been on the cards for three years, probably yeah, you know, a long time. Such such a long time to get to this point. Uh, the champion Shuri defending against Julia. Man, how about this match, eh? <sighs> they they delivered and then some, I think. Yeah, they really did it, and it was one of those things where this was the logical end point yeah everybody knew it was coming and with that comes high expectations and i think they they managed to surpass those which is incredible really um so yeah i think they did a an absolutely brilliant job it's very emotional um very very physical hard hitting you know great clean work like you'd expect from these two but also just pack the emotional punch that uh, will land you at the top of the um of the favorite matches list, yeah, yeah. as tends to be the case. It's generally a, a, an emotional yeah. pull that gets to the top of our list for whatever reason. You know, f- for me, the reason that this uh, came out at number one over, say, perhaps the FTR Briscoe's dog collar match was just because of that the the of how much history and road to this point there was and then how much it also delivered on that promise yeah this was end game you know this was years in the making with footnotes along the way that made sense and were powerful in their own right and the thing i love about this rivalry which i've I've spoken about and indeed written about recently is just that it wasn't laden with animosity it was just inevitable and both competitors knew that was sort of resigned to it Mm. slightly sad about it they stayed together as long as they possibly could even as a tag team and then as soon as it it was time the writing was on the wall then they went their separate ways it was it was quite sad sad. nobody was super happy about it but you know they accepted it and this is what had to happen it was very unique in that regard i don't i can't think of another rivalry in wrestling quite like it mm. but yeah you know, just two women who are determined to be number one in the promotion 100 you know, percent. Yeah. The, the, the town wasn't big enough for the both of them no or ddm wasn't big enough for the both of them spike and angel and there's only one soul available so yeah. you know there's a reference in the 90s <laughs> uh, 
yeah it was top stuff and uh in my opinion the correct result as well which yeah. um which yeah. always makes uh makes it taste even better going you know, down I, I think one of the one of the really exciting things about sort of stardom is that there's just been each champion after the next has been sort of somebody new for i think as long as we've been watching there's not yeah. been any retreads you know and each you know run with the world of stardom belt has been interesting in its own way and done something a little bit different um so yeah i i really think talk about booker of the the year really should have been rusty yeah that that was very frustrating in that i think in a lot of people's or outlets mind that's a bit of a two-horse race you know you're either team paul or team tony and i think it was fairly obvious that yeah <laughs> you should have been team rossi because that mm. e- even just for this storyline alone but for others too you know i think the um introduction of new blood's been a massive success and the new talent that they've courted as, as a result of that yeah the variety that's coming out of the product and just you know their pay-per-views do not miss and i'm very very much uh looking forward to the julia suzu suzuki headline mm. show which is uh gone down just prior to us recording actually so i think we'll wait yeah. to talk about that next week excited to watch that one yeah so yeah big ups to stardom i think that is a very worthy winner um shiri versus julia so that comes in as our favorite match of 2022 i'm pretty happy with that list mate yeah me too i think you know there's some a wide variety of competitors and promotions and styles yeah, so I, I think that's a good one. You know, I'd love for next year to watch, get some more American stuff on there, maybe mm-hmm. some more, uh, maybe some uh, Mexico stuff on there. Yeah, but that just relies on us, us being able to <laughs> physically watch more wrestling. It does. There was there were matches that I wanted to see. You know, for example, the um, uh, Vikingo uh, Phoenix match. I really wanted to check out and I hadn't got an opportunity to. Same goes for um vikingo and bandido i did check out vikingo versus laredo kid uh towards the end of the year which uh got a lot of rave views and it was very good um mm. but didn't quite make it to the list for me likewise um in australia slex versus rocky monero the cage match um was supposed to be excellent um so you know there's there's matches all around it's just so limited time but i certainly hope this year to be able to put more time towards actually watching wrestling which would be great and we want to mix it up as well add some new promotions in um you know try let's try and do some cmll i think we have to accept that this is you know our our general rule of thumb of trying to talk about promotions that people can watch easily um we kind of just have to accept that we are where we are with cmll and you know uh, the the volador Rocky Romero match murder this year apparently is very good so that's high on my watch list mm-hmm. um likewise some more Japan would be nice I'd like to watch more Dragon Gate this year um and as you say yeah more American stuff too so folks if you see matches that you think should probably make it onto the uh list for next year then alert us let us know mm-hmm. if we want to talk about it we want to hear it and we'll do our damnedest to watch it um I think that pretty much wraps us up yeah, for this week. Yeah, absolutely. Good to be back. Good to be back. Um, let me tell you about where you can find us, and then G can tell you about how you can support us. So we're on the socials. Uh, 
at wrestling pod on twitter and indeed on instagram wrestlingpod at gmail.com is where you can send us a good old-fashioned email and if you want links to our personal twitters or various podcast platforms from which you can listen or indeed share this with a friend or leave a rating or review those help massively then wrestlingpod.com is the place to do just that that is our link tree wrestling without the e wrestlingpod.com yes and so also through wrestlingpod.com our link tree you can access our Kofi. That's so if you want to give us a sort of one-time or sporadic donation to support the work that we're doing here, keep the lights on at Wrestling Pod Towers. That would be much appreciated. Um, similarly, we've also got uh, a Patreon. So if you are interested in giving a recurring monthly donation, that's the place to do it. That's patreon.com forward slash the wrestling podcast. So there's a whole bunch of different tiers there and different rewards so starting at uh, three dollars a month and then going on up you five dollars you get uh, access to our discord nine dollars you get early access to interview episodes eleven dollars you get all of the above and an exclusive monthly article from liam and then it goes on and on including a bonus episode and options to create an episode if you know you've got deep pockets and you know we'd love to have you on board and you know add to the uh, the community that we're creating together here yeah 100 percent. and just to give you a bit of an idea of what that type of money gets used for yes there are the fees that are associated with podcasting but um, more generally um, more likely the fees are going to go towards translation for interview episodes um translators do not come free uh, regrettably or for the most part and um, we do have some big translation episodes coming up soon so that's what the money tends to be put towards anyway just in case you're wondering yeah we're not sort of like buying luxury cars or anything <laughs> <laughs> no with those tears we're not no <laughs> anyway that wraps it up for this week um nice to nice to see you guys nice to see you g um hit us up on the socials let us know what you think I think it was a good yeah. list, a varied list. Any missteps, any massive oversights? Yeah. Anything you'd have added? Yeah, let yeah. us know. Let us know. All right, friends, that wraps us up. Um, we'll see you next week. In the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the graps. Mm-hmm.